Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Um, this is Alex, and you are listening to Between You and Me. So today, I thought I would switch things up a little bit. I was reflecting on my podcast recently and thinking about what I've been talking about and the topics that I've been talking about and how everything has been pretty much more serious, less easygoing, more me giving advice, more, you know, things that have a lot more depth and basically very broad, deep conversations. And when I was thinking about that, I was like, why haven't I just done something super casual and super fun and super fresh? So that's what I'm doing today. Um, I kind of just wanted to chill and talk to you guys as if I was on FaceTime with a friend. I felt like that's what the vibe is for this week. Now, a little update on my life for those of you who might be curious, who might not be up to date on what I have been doing lately. I've moved. Um, If you haven't watched the new videos on my channel, I talk all about it so you guys can go watch that. Um, I'm in a different house now. I am in a different city, (laughs) not very far from my last house, so I'm still close to all my friends and all that, but it feels weird. It feels so strange to have moved to a different home because the last house that I lived in I lived there for three years, so it was like August 2019 all the way till a week ago, and it's just so weird to me because that whole entire house was such a big, crazy, transformative part of my life when I lived there for the three years because picture this, it was maybe six months into living there, boom, COVID. I spent all of my quarantine time in that house, in my little room, and I spent my whole entire mental health journey, which obviously is ongoing, but like the peak of like all of my shit that I was going through was at that house. So leaving it felt like so weird. I was almost really emotional because it felt like some kind of release in a way like leaving all of that in the past and moving forward to like something new I don't know if I think about things too deeply I feel like I do I'm definitely an overthinker I was thinking about that yesterday (laughs) I was thinking about how I'm an overthinker and yeah I don't know it just had a lot of meaning to me to like leave that in the past and like move into a new space fresh new space fresh new home new vibes new things to experience here Um, different energy. It feels very light and bright in this house. I love my room so far. If you guys want to see how it looks like, um, I'm posting a video tomorrow actually, but by the time this podcast's out, you'll already see that video or it'll already be out so you can see it. But yeah, I just wanted to share that because I feel kind of lighter and a little bit more, not necessarily happy because I've been feeling kind of depressed lately, but 
just more excited for new things, for different things, because everything was really repetitive almost at the old place because I was very used to everything. There wasn't anything new. I was kind of craving something to change, so it all happens for a reason, doesn't it? Anyways, um, okay, so what I wanted to kind of do today was tell you guys some stories. <laughs> That's the only thing that came to my mind. Some funny, weird, embarrassing, crazy experiences that I've had in my life so far. And when I was thinking about these ideas, I literally had to call up some of my friends and be like, listen, tell me some funny things that have happened to us um, in our lives that I can talk about in my podcast. And I only have three, which is unfortunate because I'm sure there's so many more things that will come to me later on. But as of right now, I only have three really good stories to tell. And one of them is the best story. I'll save it for last. It's actually the most like intense. So let's just get into these stories. Um, I hope you enjoy a more relaxed vibe this week. And yeah. All right, so story number one. I'm going to give you guys context on everything, the people, the places, and everything in between. So two of these stories have to do with my friend Margot. I feel like I have the weirdest stories with her because we were really up to no good in our childhood. So to give you context, Margot is my best friend. We met when I lived in Switzerland. Um, we met probably when I was like 10 or 11, but we didn't become very close friends until the seventh grade and I can't remember how old you are maybe 12 or 13. Once we hit seventh grade we were best friends because we were put in the same class. Before that we were more of like mutual friends and to be honest we didn't really like each other. I don't know why but we didn't. But after the seventh grade we really clicked. We ended up being inseparable and then I moved after a couple years to Canada and she moved to California after a couple more years but we are still besties for the rest of our lives. Soulmates if you will. So throughout the years we have consistently visited each other at whatever place that we were living. So multiple times I've flown over to California and um stayed with her for a couple weeks and then multiple times she's come to Canada and stayed with me. So these stories have to do with those time frames. Now this first story was a younger story like when we were pretty young. This is still in high school age range and during this time um, you know we were teenagers so we were really up to no good because you know you can't do anything in little suburban Canada the way that you could in Switzerland. In Switzerland, you can go out and do whatever you want at the age of 15, 16. You're legal to drink lower percentage alcohol at the age of 16, and then after 18, you can drink and go to any bar and do whatever you want. So we had a lot more freedom there. And then me coming to Canada was a little bit of a culture shock because kids didn't have freedom the way I did. You had to drive. I didn't know how to drive. Their public transportation is not the best, so you kind of were stuck at home unless your parents could drive you somewhere, and even then, where are you going to go? Only to a friend's house, have a sleepover, have some popcorn, watch a movie. It wasn't my vibe. I was in my reckless era. I was in my I want to experiment with everything era, and I want to be stupid, basically. So, this summer that Margot came to visit me, 
we were, I want to say, 16. And this was during the age where weed existed. (laughs) Weed always existed, sorry. Anyways, we just were curious about weed. And we wanted to buy some, but we didn't know where. So we were taking public transportation, and I don't remember how this happened, but... I think it was from a friend. I found out from a friend. And we pulled up to some random home. He gave us a couple little nuggies. And we went along our merry little way. We took public transit back home. And we were fine. Now, it was maybe 10, 11 p.m. And me and her were at back at my house. Mind you, my whole family's home. Everybody's chilling. But we wanted to smoke. We wanted to have a little fun. At that age, it was almost easier to get weed than it was alcohol. So that was our, you know, choice, our substance of choice. By the way, I just want to make this clear that I'm not saying anybody go out and do this. But, you know, I know for a fact all of you guys have gone out and done this at this age. I think I'm old enough to talk about this and not get in trouble about it, okay? Anyways, we wanted to go smoke. We did go on a walk in the park in front of my home. I no longer live in that house, obviously. This was two houses ago. And there was a fun little park in the center of the circle kind of neighborhood that I lived in. So we went for a stroll. We smoked out of an apple, which was, you know, the easiest way to do it at the time when you didn't really have any paraphernalia. And we got pretty high. I mean, at that age, you know, I don't smoke, by the way, like regularly ever. So my tolerance isn't high. But at the time, you can imagine my tolerance was literally not high at all. So it didn't take much. It didn't take much at all. But Margo had this little bag, this little purse that she kept everything in. The little apple, the little baggies of, you know, weed that we had. And she was carrying it around. And we decided to just go for a walk. Just go for a walk around the neighborhood. It was maybe 11 p.m. It wasn't too late and we were in a safe area. It was just like little suburban neighborhood. Just going for a stroll and when I tell you we got high, we got very high. We talked about this later, like when we were sobered up, about how we felt like we were in a cartoon. Like it genuinely felt like we were in a different world. Like I was walking around. I still remember it. It felt like I was in the zombie apocalypse type of movie because there was construction going on in that neighborhood and I was walking around and it genuinely felt like that and we were just tripping out but having a very good time which is you know rare because I'm the type of person that when I start tripping out it's anxiety it's panic attack it's take me home I'm gonna throw up but this time it was just vibes very good very fun We ended up in the middle of the park where there's a soccer field and we were on a bench and we were sitting there we were playing um patty cake or miss mary max something i don't know we were playing some kind of like hand game like that now all of a sudden in the middle in the peak of this high that we were enduring we see a vehicle of some sort drive up onto the soccer field and mind you there is no vehicles on there there aren't supposed to be any cars trucks anything driving up on this soccer field it's in the middle of a park i don't know how it got there first of all but it did And immediately, we assume it's a cop. Now, to this day, I don't know if it was. And that's the funny part of this. Because it was a white truck, like SUV. And it had, like, I don't know if any of you guys live in Ontario, but sometimes there are cop cars 
where the police sticker that's on the side is a little bit washed out so it's not very prominent but you can tell that it's still there i think it's meant to be like undercover i'm not sure and then there was a light at the top of this car and you know how the lights like rotate in a circle and go around like that the light shined in our faces and i heard a whoop whoop like the way that the cop cars do now that little sound i could have been hallucinating i'm not sure but the lights were there the car was on the field me and margo look at each other eyes bloodshot no idea what's going on we freak out we immediately get up and we look at each other and we're like what the fuck do we do we get up and start walking the other way and then realize that she left her bag with the weed in it and the apple so she, so i'm like margo oh my god grab the fucking bag right now and she turns around grabs the bag and then we run we fucking run we dart out of there now ask me why i did that i don't know because i'm sure for a fact we could have played it off like we were just a couple of kids hanging out in the park they're not allowed to check through our stuff right like we could have played it off way more cool but we did the most obviously suspicious thing that you could possibly do and we ran and where did we go we ran through the neighborhood into a nook and cranny into someone's backyard when i tell you we're stupid we were stupid i don't know why we did that it felt safe in the moment we hid behind someone's fence looked through the cracks and tried to see if that cop car was gone when i tell you my heart was beating out of my chest like it literally felt like it was pumping blood like i was in fight or flight mode a hundred percent i was freaking the fuck out i felt like i instantly sobered up but i probably didn't i was literally petrified we both were like neither of us was the calm one in that situation we were both the scary intense like freaking out ones so when we sat there and waited and thought of a game plan we were still like a good five minute walk from my house and we needed to pass the soccer field that that cop car was at to get back home our genius idea was to dig a little hole in this person's backyard okay put our little nugs of weed in there buried it up with some dirt and walk back to my house because at that point it felt like oh if the cop catches us they won't find weed on us the way that our brains worked in that high state of stress and then just being like way too high for our own good at the age of 16 it's like nothing made sense like if it was me now obviously i'm older it's legal it's very different but if it was me now and i was in that like really hallucinating high or like trippy high that i was in i would have just walked back home and if they tried to talk to me if they were even cops like I said, we don't even know if they were, I would have just been like, hey, what's up? We're just on a walk and then make my way back home. But clearly that's not the way that we were thinking. So after we had buried the weed like pirates, we walked all the way back to my house. It like not even talking to each other, speed walking, freaking out on the way home, like heart still palpitating. And then we finally make it back into my house. I open the door, I slam it shut behind me. Kidding, I didn't slam it. I did it very quietly because at this point it was like, we didn't know who was awake, who was asleep. Um, we get in, we close the door. The first person that I see is Mariella. <laughs> and it's funny because when I think about it, I was 16, so she was 10. She had no idea what the fuck was going on. And she was like, hey. 
and we're like hey her not knowing that we just went through the most exhilarating anxiety inducing experience ever and then we walk back up into my room shut the door lay on my bed and pass out and that was it we wake up the next morning in a haze let me tell you do you you know when you smoke and you wake up the next morning and it's not like you're high but it's like your brain is not working it's like a fog that's how i felt but we woke up and we as a matter of fact did go back and unbury our weed and kept it and didn't smoke for the remainder of the time that she stayed at my house and i think for maybe two years i had the um that weed hidden in my bathroom because I didn't know what to do with it, and I didn't want to smoke it, because I was terrified. So, <laughs> that's story number one. Um, honestly, it's such a funny story to think about. It'll forever be ingrained in my brain. Like, me and Margot consistently talk about that story, because to this day, we don't know if it was a cop. We don't know if it was a cop, if it was a, you know, service truck on the field. I don't know why it would be there at that hour, and I also feel like a cop wouldn't drive onto the grass it would like stay in the parking lot and maybe walk up to us i don't know but i i genuinely feel like i did hear that whoop whoop and i saw that police sign on there but like i said reality wasn't really reality in my mind it was just a a mess realistically so yeah that's a fun one huh that's a pretty interesting story okay so now this is another story with margo it's a little bit shorter and a little bit stupider but it's still funny in my head. To me and her, it's really funny. Now, this one is about our friendship because we, yes, are best friends and love each other very much, but we argue and that's what happens. And this is by far the dumbest argument me and her have ever gotten in in our lives ever. So here we go. This is a short one. But this is um, 2019 when I visited her in Switzerland. She still has a house in Switzerland. She lives in California, but she still has her like family home in Switzerland. So when I visit her, I stay with her there. And this time her boyfriend Baxter was there with her as well. So it was us three kind of a little trio hanging out for like the 10 days that I was there. And one night, I think this was actually National Switzerland Day, which is August 1st. So it's like, you know, 4th of July, except for Switzerland. I don't know if I had to explain that, but we were celebrating it. So we went over to a friend's house. We were drinking, we were partying, we were having a good time. And then we went to go see the fireworks. So if any of you guys know Switzerland, there is a river that passes through called the Rhine. And it is a very you know popular river and a lot of a lot of things go on near this area and that's where the fireworks were so we are with a big group and this is definitely getting towards the end of the night so you can imagine we've drank a lot at this point we are both extremely intoxicated and with the group we were with you know some of my old friends from middle school that were in switzerland at the same time or still live there we were with margo's older brother some of his friends margo's younger sister some of her friends and then obviously me margo and her boyfriend and we were down by the rhine and in this area we were near like this beachy rocky area so there were these rocks 
that were kind of built up in a way i feel like you guys might need to look up a picture of this to get like context of what it is but imagine like a little statue built up of little rocks that you would find on the like beachy area and they were like balanced perfectly in like a vertical line upwards to create some kind of structure or some kind of like fun looking statue or something I don't know I don't know how to describe it but it was basically like somebody had taken the time out of their day to build these little rock statues that looked really nice and were balancing perfectly and looked super cute right so Margot was fascinated by them she was like oh my god this is beautiful look at this I can't believe someone took the time out of their day to do this it's amazing but mind you I missed that part of her loving and idolizing these rocks so much she was obsessed with them for some reason now when i came down to the little beachy area i see these rocks and i see her looking at them and i walk up and i knock them over (laughs) i don't know why i don't know what compelled me to but it seemed like something to do in the moment and i pushed the rock over so everything came tumbling down immediately (laughs) margot balls her eyes out she is pissed she gets so mad at me she's like why would you do that why would you do that someone took the time out of their day to make this it looks beautiful it was so good she's crying and i'm sitting there in absolute awe i looked at her jaw open i'm like hello are you actually crying that i knocked these rocks over And instead of being empathetic and just being like, oh my god, she must have really loved these rocks. It's my bad. I'll build them back up for you. I laughed in her face and I said, you are a baby. There's no way you're crying at this right now. That's ridiculous. And when I tell you this fight blew up to a different proportion than it ever should have, it really did. But it's so funny to think about because the way that alcohol just completely changes the way that you are able to communicate with someone is insane because we could not for the life of us get through this fight just by talking because one of us was crying and the other one was laughing so it was like there's no way to fix that we literally had Margot's older brother mediate a fight between us like we had to be separated because we were yelling back and forth at each other and Margot's brother was like listen you guys are both drunk and this is me I don't think I'm that drunk. He's like, yes, you are. You need to calm down and talk about this later because nothing's going to get solved right now. Margot's boyfriend took her over to the side and tried to calm her down because she was crying. And I just remember looking at her boyfriend being like, I don't know how you deal with this. You're so brave. Like, I don't know how you're able to work through stuff like this with her when she acts like this. And he's just sitting there like, doesn't know what to do. Because his girlfriend and her best friend are literally at each other's throats, like wanting to kill each other because of rocks on the side of a river. Anyways, time goes on. Margot didn't talk to me for the rest of the night. Literally didn't talk to me. She actually came up to me and said, find some place to stay tonight because you're not staying with me. (laughs) And um, I was in my own world. I don't know what it was, but I didn't think it was serious enough for her to be as mad as she was. So I kept pretending like we were fine and nothing was wrong. And I would like crack some jokes with her. I was sending her Snapchats because she was walking 15 feet in front of me on the way home and I was walking like slowly in back of her with her sister getting home because we had to take the train together we had to walk all the way back to her house which was far at like 2 a.m 
um and she still wasn't talking to me she was giving me the cold ass shoulder and i was just vibing with it i was just like you know what life is short let's have a good time <laughs> so we make it all the way home i say good night to her she's still not looking at me in the eye um and when i wake up in the morning extremely hungover mind you i was staying in her like guest room hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So I hear a little knock at the door. And I'm like, hello? And she walks in. She's like, hi. I'm like, hey. <laughs> and she's like, let's just put last night behind us i don't know what happened i'm like me too and it actually was our last day um that we were with each other because she was going on a, like a little family trip and i was gonna stay with some other friends for the last two days that i was in switzerland for so we just made up just like that and honestly i think that's all it took i don't think there was any reason to rehash that because nothing happened and it should have never happened and it would have never happened if we weren't belligerent so that goes to show never argue with someone when you're drunk it doesn't work wait till you're sober okay my last story which is gonna be a lengthy one all right this is a very recent story actually it happened this year um in february so basically what had happened is it was one of my friends 23rd birthday and we were celebrating a weekend downtown Toronto for her birthday. Now, the first night, nothing crazy happened, but I feel like when we get to the end of the story, I have to explain this so you'll understand. But she threw a birthday party first night, which was just at her brother's apartment where she where he lives downtown. And he was willing to host it because it was a good space and she could invite people over. She could, you know, basically just throw a party in that space for free versus anywhere else where she would have to pay some money so it was a good it was a good spot for a party basically um we had a lot of friends there we had a lot of people i didn't know actually a lot of strangers and um some of her brother's friends and it was a good time it was fun we all drank we all had a good time we all socialized um but there were a, a good amount of people there now moving on next night um, we stayed at her brother's apartment and he was telling us that he was going to go out with his friends at night, but we already had our plan set. So we're like, okay, no problem. You do you, you have fun. Um, we'll do our own thing and we'll meet back here at the end of the night. So that night there was four girls, including me. So birthday girl, me, and then two other friends. And we were planning to go out for a dinner at a nice bougie little place and then meet up with some other people at a club. We were already super hungover from the night before, slept maybe four hours. I slept on the ground. My back was hurting, but you can never miss out on a good fun night out. So we toughed it out. We toughed it out. I took a 20 minute nap. That actually wasn't me napping. It was me laying and, you know, absorbed in my anxiety. And then we go to dinner. It was really cute, really fun. Get some nice yummy sushi. And then we take our Uber to the club. 
we get to the club we meet some other friends we drink we have a good time i didn't drink too much because i was literally still hungover, like genuinely still feeling sick from the night before um but i drank a little but i was not drunk to give you guys context um and then one of our friends ended up leaving going to hang out with someone else and when she left she wanted to stop back at the apartment that we were staying at so she texts us and she's like the door isn't unlocked and the thing is that we purposefully left the door unlocked so that we could go back to the apartment afterwards because her brother was going out separately and we didn't know when he was going to be back home so she texted us and then we kind of were tripping out for a second but we were still at the club and we weren't planning on leaving yet so we were just like okay i think it'll be fine i think by the time we get back it'll only be like 30 minutes if anything that we have to wait for her brother to get back home to open the door for us um so we weren't tripping we were fine we were like it'll be okay so she ended up just going right to her friend's house and not stopping at the apartment so it was three of us left at the club now when the night was over we ended up leaving early because we weren't having the best time it got a little bit exhausting towards the end and like i said i didn't get drunk like that and i don't think my friends did either so we were all kind of just over it by the end of the night which was approximately three in the morning so we take our uber back we get back to the apartment and we are attempting to open the door obviously at this point we already knew it was locked but we start calling her brother to see you know where he's at when he's going to be home but we don't get a response now we're calling i want to say 52 times no response so my friend's idea was to just wait in front of the door like sit down on the rock hard floor of the apartment building and just wait for him to show up because she was very confident that eventually he would show up after the club that he was at would close so we were waiting and waiting and at the beginning it was just you know us talking and kind of just hanging out and to give you context on what the you know vibe was of what i was wearing a little short dress some boots up to my knees and a thin leather jacket and this is in february in toronto so negative 15 outside honestly that's on me for wearing something so not for the weather but at the same time i didn't know what the night would consist of when i dressed myself i thought it would just be waiting outside for like five minutes again to a club which wouldn't be that bad with what i was wearing but it gets worse So we're waiting and we're waiting, nothing. I think it gets to around five in the morning when we started to worry because the club that he was at would have closed at four. And it was already an hour past that. And, you know, maybe if they stopped to get food, if they did that, um, they would have been back by this hour. So at this point, we start messaging all of the friends that we knew of his that he was out with to see if they knew where he was. Now, unfortunately, my friend didn't have a lot of the contact information of her brother's friends, only a few of them, and unfortunately, also only on Instagram. So she was DMing these people, which also is like less likely that they're even going to see it. And simultaneously, our other friend that was with us took the bobby pins that I had in my head. Well, I gave them to her and then tried unlocking the door. We were looking up YouTube videos, we're trying to figure out how to break in and like use two bobby pins to somehow unlock the door to get us in. Obviously that didn't work. 
Now, when nobody was contacting us back and we were still left in the dust on the floor, not knowing what was going on and not having a place to go back to and sleep, it was reaching six in the morning. Our now plan was to go down and talk to the reception people, see if they had a master key that they could let us in because she had the same last name as her brother, so maybe they would let her in um, if she showed her ID or something because the apartment was under her brother's name. So we go down, we talk to the reception, and he says, listen girls, I want to help you, but the guy with the master key comes in at 8 in the morning and he's not here yet. So we're like, all right, fuck, let's figure out what to do now. We were getting hungry. We were getting tired. We were, you know, didn't sleep the night before, mind you, like I said, and still went out and wasn't able to go back and sleep in an apartment that we were planning to stay at. So there was a Tim Hortons about five minutes walk. So we, you know, in our little booties and our little high heel booties, trekked all the way to Tim Hortons, freezing, freezing cold. I can't even describe to you how it felt to be out there at that hour in the outfit that I was in. It was painful, genuinely painful. So I'm running. I'm literally running as fast as my little feet can take me into the Tim Hortons. We get some hot chocolates we get a little bit of food, we sit down on the couches, and we continue to wait. Now, to make the story even worse, my friend's phone was at 3%. My phone was at 13%, I want to say, and the other friend's phone didn't have service. (laughs) Okay, so we were running out of options. At this point, didn't know what to do so we were just vibing in Tim Hortons I had to pee so I went and peed we sat down drank our hot chocolate fell asleep a little bit but one person stayed on watch if you've been to Toronto downtown Tim Hortons sometimes they're not the safest sometimes they're a little bit filled with some scary people which ended up happening to us okay so we stayed until 8 a.m right so two hours in this Tim Hortons many people passing in and out specifically one man older, homeless looking, angry looking is walking in on his way to the bathroom and he stops and he turns around from across the whole entire like Tim Hortons like he's on the other side. We're sitting on some chairs in a corner and he turns around and goes, stop looking at me. I don't like lesbians. I don't believe in lesbians. Don't look at me. When I tell you I was in absolute shock, like, I live in little suburbia. Like, obviously, I spend a lot of time in Toronto, but, like, I'm not in there to the point where I interact with these types of people, so it's not normal to me. So when he was looking at us and saying that, I I didn't know what how to respond. Because, first of all, I'm not going to say, um, sorry, we're not lesbian, because that's not the issue here. It's the fact that he's even looking at us and saying that. Do you know what I mean? And I don't know what even gave him the impression. And not that I didn't didn't want to be perceived as a lesbian, but I don't, I genuinely don't know what would have given him that impression. We were three girls just sitting down on a bench. Does that make us lesbian? Maybe to him. I don't know. But he was just staring at us, yelling at us. We had no response, genuinely no response at all. He walks away, goes to the bathroom, and then he's in there. 
Now, the funny thing is that my friend had a little pepper spray in her pocket and I was sitting on the outside, which was closest to where this guy was walking. So she hands me the pepper spray. (laughs) She's like, just in case. I'm like, all right. I didn't end up using it, but I had it in my grasp and I was ready to go. So when he walks out of the bathroom, he doesn't give us any more like attention or he doesn't yell at us anymore. But then a security guard from a different establishment walks into the Tim Hortons. I think that this man thinks that this security guard is the security of Tim Hortons. He wasn't. He was just security, you know, from a different place getting his morning coffee before he went to work. Now, right after the security comes in, a cop comes in, an actual cop. But this homeless man didn't know that the cop was there. So he's looking at the security and pointing at us. And he's like, I don't want these lesbians in here. They're defying God. They shouldn't be here. And the security is literally looking at him like, what? Like, I'm so confused what's going on. And he's asking the security to do something about us, to take us out of the out of the Tim Hortons or something. And we're noticing this. And we're also noticing the cop So my friend gets the attention of the cop and points at this homeless man. The security guard leaves at this point. He's confused. He doesn't understand what's going on. He doesn't work there. He leaves. The cop now notices this homeless man essentially harassing us for being lesbian. And he says, hey, that's not nice. Stop saying that. And he escorts this man out of the Tim Hortons. Also, simultaneously during this process, the old man thinks that he's getting arrested when he's not he's just getting kicked out for being an asshole um so he literally puts his hands up thinking he's gonna get cuffed up (laughs) um so yeah so then that's over they're out the cop says you know be safe girls whatever um so that was a little issue within the bigger issue but the bigger issue was still at hand it reaches 8 a.m we go back to the apartment building we talk to the concierge receptionist area The guy with the master key isn't there yet, but he lets us into a little room, like one of those like meeting rooms, just to sit down because we were freezing cold and there was no place to sit. We all end up falling asleep. All of a sudden, the guy with the master key comes in. He's like, hey girls, what do you need? We explain to him our situation and he is not able to let us in. So during this time frame of 3 to now 8 a.m., We haven't been able to get a hold of her brother. We haven't been able to get a hold of anybody that's able to let us into the apartment. We still don't have any place to sleep and we don't know what to do. Now, around 4 or 5 a.m., I texted another one of my friends who had the number of one of the brother's friends that lived downtown to see if he knew where her brother was. But it took her until this point at 8 a.m. to respond because obviously she was at home sleeping. So she sends me the number. Now we're going to call this guy Brandy. Brandy is the brother's friend, okay? Now we text Brandy. We're like, do you know where her brother is? Do you know why he's not answering his phone? And he says, oh yeah, he went out last night. He's probably staying at so-and-so's house tonight. And we're like, oh, okay, cool. So we're like, all right. So clearly his phone must have died. We're not going to be able to reach him. And we explained our situation and said, we haven't been able to go to sleep. He's like, guys, come here. 
I just woke up, I'm starting my day, you can crash at my house until her brother finally picks up and lets you into the apartment. We're like, oh my god, you're an angel sent from God, thank you so much. It's almost 9 a.m. We've spent the whole entire night out at this point. Then we finally make it to this guy's apartment. He didn't live too far. He let us in. We knew him well, by the way. It wasn't like a suspicious man letting us sleep. Like he was his, he was her brother's best friend. So yeah, Brandy was a good guy. (laughs) Anyways, so he let us in. We slept. We woke up in a fright at about one when her phone started ringing profusely and it was her brother. And he was worried sick because he was wondering why we weren't back at the apartment. Now, little did we know that his roommate was home the whole entire time, but we weren't aware because for the whole entire weekend, the roommate wasn't home. We didn't know where he was. So her brother comes home, realizes we're not there, charges his phone, calls us, and we're like, hello, like this is what happened to us. And he's like, you guys are dumb. My roommate was home. You could have knocked the door. You could have knocked the door. We didn't know anyone was home. We did try knocking, but not hard. And I bet if we were pounding on the door, the roommate would have woken up and let us in. But we didn't know anybody was in there. We literally didn't know. So we were picking locks. We were calling people, but we didn't know someone was still in there. So we get back to his apartment. He explains the situation. He's like, my phone died. I was staying at this person's house. And we were just like, why was the door locked though? because we had planned to leave the door unlocked so that we could get in. And he said, I don't know. I didn't know my roommate was coming home. So when he came home, he must have locked the door behind him. So that was the one little thing that happened that ended up having a butterfly effect of us having nowhere to stay the whole entire night, getting harassed in Tim Hortons, having to be in mini skirts and heels walking in downtown toronto in negative 300 degrees celsius and to put the cherry on top when i get home after my weekend i test positive for covid (laughs) it was as a matter of fact my breaking point after that weekend i spent two days recovering and then all of a sudden i wake up with a sore throat I have COVID. So that weekend was honestly torture. Absolute torture. And it really goes to show that just make sure you have a key. Make sure you have a fucking key that goes back to the place that you are planning on staying at. Because that is very important. So that you can get back to where you need to get back to. To have a good night's rest. And maybe your immune system wouldn't be weak. And you wouldn't have caught COVID. But also, take in that none of my other friends that I was with got COVID. Just me. (laughs) So I'm not too sure about that. Why that happened. Um, So yeah. Those are my stories. Um, I hope they were easy to understand. I know it was hard because I didn't want to mention my friends' names in the second story because I didn't ask them if I could tell the story. So I just kind of summarized it, if you will. But yeah, these are some of the key core memories that I will definitely tell my children when I get older. They're just so funny to me. 
and such like an unfortunate series of events that took place for me to end up where I ended up the last story is definitely like the peak I feel like that's why I wanted to end up end off on it because it was just so fucking funny to me and like so unfortunate and so like if you guys were there with me and lived that experience with me you'd probably be crying like it was bad like the amount of time that we sat waiting around for like god to just come down and save us and then we couldn't do anything like we didn't have any other people to stay with downtown and yeah we could have like ubered our way back home like back to where we lived but my car was sitting in the parking lot and my keys were in the apartment so what am I gonna leave my car didn't really make sense our other option was to actually sleep in my car but once again my keys were in the apartment so we didn't have any other options and honestly it was just a fucking mess it was just ridiculous so I hope you guys enjoyed these stories This has been fun. I like the casual vibe and just, you know, telling you guys stories. I have a lot more casual ideas of podcast topics coming in the future because I feel like I want to mix those in with some of my more serious topics so that we're not too, you know, overwhelmed. We get to have a nice chat now and then and then talk about more serious things and then talk about more casual things just depending on what you guys want to hear. I want to appeal to the masses. So I hope you guys enjoyed this. I love you all and I will talk to you in my next episode. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.